Now, as a prayer, as a prayer is an amazing thing, and I think there need to be some foundations kind of that get uh, talked about, um, you know, at this stage. I think, firstly, the one thing that needs to be talked about is the sovereignty, sovereignty of God. I've talked about this before, and I think often the sovereignty of God is misunderstood. Um, there can be lots of misconceptions about how kind of God, God works, and, and sometimes it isn't always clear how God is working, is it? Because God is God, is God, is God and we're not God, right? Um, he's all-knowing, and we're definitely not all-knowing. Right? I know he reveals stuff to us, he does, but we're certainly not all-knowing. That's, that's, that's God's job, that's what he does. Right? You know, but, we have to, but we have to be okay. This is basic foundational Christian, Christian concept, isn't it? But we have to, as Christians, we have to be okay with the principle that God is sovereign. Everyone okay with that principle, right? Hopefully we're okay with that principle. That God is sovereign. Now what I mean by that is God can do whatever he likes. And God does not have to justify anything that he does at all. He's not accountable to, you know, it's, it's human beings. We, we can be accountable in your job. You might be accountable to a boss who's above you. You know, accountability is a good, is a good um, you know, principle in life in that sense. But God is not accountable to anybody, right? Everyone agree, right? He does not have to justify anything he does. And, and, and the opposite of that is also true. God does not have to justify anything he doesn't do either. Now, we can have questions, and we can think, well, God, why have you not answered that? Why did you not do that? Why did you do that for that person? And that hasn't happened for that person. Those can be real Real genuine questions, and as a pastor, you know, I've come across those questions and, and helped people with that, and they, they can be real questions, but the, the truth remains that God is sovereign. Amen. Now, this is kind of where, where prayer comes in, and it's kind of interesting kind of how it all works, because God knows what's on our heart anyway, doesn't he? You know, when, when we pray, we're not giving God information Okay, it's not something, oh, I didn't know that, wow. It's like, like some sort of gossip session. Ooh, really? I can only your world, that's crazy. Um, you know, God knows what's in our hearts. And God, and, you know, kind of what's even kind of, uh, you know, when you kind of start to think about these concepts, it kind of like blows your thinking about how this all works. But God also knows what we're going to pray as well. So because God's all-knowing, he's omniscient, then he also knows what we're going to pray as well. But he still wants us to pray. Now, when we pray, does it change God's mind? Well, that's kind of a whole other big question of what's actually happening there. Well, I would say, well, God knows what, he, what, what we're going to pray anyway, as I said. He knows, but he wants us to pray, and he wants us to pray with faith, and he wants us to pray um, with expectation. Amen? But at the same time, we all have to be good with, with the sovereignty, uh, sovereignty of God. God doesn't have to justify what he does and what he doesn't do. He's not, he's not accountable to anyone and he's certainly not accountable to us man that's true right because it because he because he is god but he wants us to pray and he wants us to communicate with him because prayer is powerful and there's so much in scripture um about prayer amen you know it's it's, you know the times that we're stepping into as a church and we've talked about this right especially right at the beginning of the year and and a bit last week as well you know, we're in, a, we're in a kairos moment, a Greek word meaning about knowing the time, knowing the time that we're in, God's appointed, God's appointed times. Prayer is so key for this time that we're in as a world, as, as a church, amen? It's so key for where we're heading, for where we're heading next. I talked last week about believing that God's really, myself and Wendy, really hearing in the spirit, sensing in the spirit that God's got a new kind of promised land for us um, as a church, and, and we're going to be stepping into that um, in due course you know, and prayer is key in that. Amen? Prayer and trust in God and expectation and faith. Amen? You know, Jesus was passionate about prayer. Jesus was, was a man of prayer. Right? So often you, you, you read that in the Gospels, don't you? And the disciples don't even know where, where, where he's gone. They wake up in the morning. It's like, where's Jesus? And, you know, and often the people were the same as well. The people who wanted miracles from him and, or wanted to hear teaching from him. They'd be like, well, where's Jesus gone? 
And so often it would be Jesus gone up on a mountainside to pray, wouldn't it? And that's how, that's how he would start his day. That was so crucial, you know, to his, his walk with, with his father and how that dynamic, dynamic works. So Jesus was passionate about, about prayer. Amen? So if Jesus, whatever Jesus is passionate about, we should be passionate about. Amen? Amen? There's a kind of, a, and it became a bit of a cliche, the whole WWJD, what would Jesus do? It became a bit of a cliche, didn't it? Um, but it is a reality. What would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would pray. Right? And Jesus would, would say that prayer was incredibly important. It's a great way to start your day and throughout, throughout your day to be people of prayer. Amen? Now, it's Jesus who said that he would build his church, Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said this, I tell you that you, I was talking specifically to Peter and to those around, I will tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it overcome it yes it's jesus builds his church and we need to be true to the blueprint for what for what jesus is building amen that's why it's so so important to, to go back into scripture so well, what what is what is god's desire for church to look like and and the church that jesus is building is is built on prayer amongst amongst other things is built on prayer amen and that's when a, a church a great church will be built a church that even the gates of hell itself cannot overcome it Amen. Because it's a praying people. Amen. So we read that, and, and Pastor Randy um, read this scripture about where Jesus drove all the, the money changes out of the temple. Matthew sixteen, uh, sorry, Matthew twenty-one, verse twelve. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables and the money changes and the bunches, bunches, the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said, that my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den. Of robbers, so Jesus was again reiterating just how important it was for the temple that they were in to be a house of prayer. Amen. So, as Pastor Randy said, we're not calling saying anything we've done in family church has been a den of robbers in any sense. But what we are saying is we need to be a house of prayer because Jesus believes it's important. Jesus was passionate about it, so we should be passionate about it. Amen. You know, the reality is the early church, or what we call the early church, which is the original, original church birthed out of, um, you know, after Jesus' ministry, it was born in prayer, wasn't it? That's the reality. It actually came out, it came out of a prayer meeting. If you, if you know your scripture, you know your church history, it came out of a prayer meeting. That's how it was born, as it was recorded in Acts chapter 2. You know, often we can, we can find ourselves as, as kind of modern-day believers just trying to squeeze prayer in somewhere. And, and of course, we will leave Biddy busy lives we know that but so, so often we're just trying to squeeze prayer into kind of like everything else that's going on in our world but in in the early church it was absolutely central in fact it was the foundation of what they did amen acts chapter 2 verse 1 which you all know of course as good pentecostals when the day of pentecost came they were all together in one place suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this was a Holy Spirit moment, but it was birthed in prayer. Amen. It says that the, the, they gathered together and were just waiting. And this is what Jesus had told them to do. He said, you just need to, just to wait and the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you to meet together, pray. The Holy Spirit will come as this was recorded here in Acts chapter 2. And they were filled with power. And on that day, the, the church was birthed. Amen. And we're recipients of the blessing of that 2,000 years later since it happened. Amen. What's happened throughout church history was birthed, and the foundation is this very moment. Amen? 
Acts 2 verse 42, it talks about what, what the, how the early church was and what the culture was of the early church. And this, this was talked about specifically at uh, our One Family conference back in July. Put your hand up if you went to One Family. There's quite a few of you. So it was a great, it was a, it was a great conference. And kind of we broke down this, this following verse about what did the early church see as important. Acts 2 verse 42, it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And we talk about the different aspects of that, what fellowship looks like, cornonia, and the apostles' teaching, understanding the centrality of the word of God, and the, and the breaking of bread, and what the cross is all about, etc. But also, they devoted themselves to prayer. So they weren't just, just birthed out of prayer, it was also central to the culture of who they were as Christians. Amen? That's what, that's what we see. So, so our desire should be for Family Church to be a house of prayer, and this is what we believe that God's, God's doing it and speaking to us now, to be this house of prayer where prayer is celebrated and valued, to have, a true, to have a culture of prayer that's central to all that we do. Amen? I'm sure you're loving this, Helen, aren't you? <laughs> and, you know, and the reality is this is, also an, this is an individual call as well as a corporate one. It's not just about, well, let's put more prayer meetings, although that wouldn't be, I'm saying that would be a bad thing in any way. Okay, but this is also a challenge to us personally. It's a challenge to me, but it's absolutely a challenge to me personally. It really is. Because... We want our own lives to be also be a house of prayer. Amen? We kind of describe it in this way, where my house, that's our personal lives, and our house, that's us as a church body, a church family. So my house, that's me, that I will be a house of prayer. This, this being, this, this, who I am, I will be a house of prayer. And for our house as a church family, that we will be a house of prayer. Amen. Does that make sense? So, so we're called to, for us individually to be a house of prayer and for us corporately to be a house of prayer. Amen. That's challenging, right? This made me kind of like question some, own things, some things in my, in my own life. Pastor Andy also read from 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. So... It's God's desire to heal our land. Amen? And anyone watch the news for five minutes or know what's going on in our community in the local area, our, our land needs healing, right? More than, more, than, more than anything, more than it ever has done in, in its history, it needs healing. It needs to be made whole. People need to be, people need to be made whole. So many people that are broken, anxiety and stress and depression and, and mental health issues, and all those things are just so widespread and confusion and just are so widespread. In, in our society. Now, my wife is, is, is Wendy is a teacher, as you know, and she's just, just telling me just about some of the stuff that goes on in people's worlds, and it's barely believable what goes on in some children's worlds. It's all to do with home life, almost, almost 99% of the time. It's to do with stuff that's totally outside the children's control, just stuff that's going on in their worlds, and you just can't, you can barely believe it half the time. Because people are just so broken and need God. Amen? And as we encourage this, we encourage to pray, and as we humble ourselves and pray, we need to, we need to be humble with a, with a humble heart and, and humility. And we encourage in the Bible to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. We're, we're always encouraged to be humble before God. Amen. To understand who, who we are in him, but become with such humble hearts, understanding who he is. So as we humble ourselves and pray, we will experience God in a fresh and powerful way. Amen. Praise God. So, 
As Pastor Andy said, for the next three months, we're going to be breaking down prayer, what prayer is, why, why prayer is important, looking at this across our congregations. And just break it down into kind of simple subjects, but, but very, very profound subjects. And just start by but what actually is prayer? You know, why, why, sh- why should we pray? What does, it even, does it matter if we pray? And those, those kind of questions, how, how should we pray? What does it even mean? What, 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 is that, what does that look like? And, and things like, how, how do we have a healthy personal prayer life? What, what does that actually look like? How, how should we pray together? What does, what does scripture say about that? So I think it's going to be brilliant. I think it's going to change the culture of who we are. Not like saying nothing's wrong culturally, okay? But just that we get some things back in focus, that's what I mean by that. Okay? Understanding what prayer is. Why does, why does prayer matter? Why does, God, why does God want us to pray? Amen? Because I believe it's about faith and expectation. As I said, God, God knows what's, what's, what's on our hearts anyway. And God can do whatever he likes anyway. You know, the Bible says it's not, it's not God's will that any should perish, but all should have eternal life. But that doesn't automatically happen, right? We have a responsibility to tell people about Jesus, right? So, of course, God, God could just save everybody anyway. God could just heal everybody anyway. All those things could happen because God is God, right? And we all should be, understand that as foundational to Christianity. But God wants us to pray. He, he wants to work through human beings. He desires to do it, do it. He could do it all by himself anyway. He doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. That makes sense, right? That's the reality of how God works. So this is why prayer is, is important. Amen? And, and just kind of, as we start to come towards a close, I just wanted just to, just three kind of misconceptions about prayer, just kind of get rid of those misconceptions and just kind of bring a correction just so up to our thinking is in line with what the Word of God says. So kind of first one is that prayer is for everybody. Prayer is for everyone. Now, I've grown up in Pentecostal church since I was a baby in various uh, Pentecostal and AOG churches. And I often, especially as I was growing up, had this thought in my head, or, or in fact it was a real observation, that prayer was just for some people. That prayer was for some, I don't know, old people over there. Or some, some old lady. I'm not going to look at anybody when I say any of these things. Okay. But with some like old lady. And you've, you've probably seen this. There's some old ladies kind of over there. Oh, they're, they're the ones that love prayer. Over there. We, we work with youth and they're the ones that love prayer over there. We, we, we want to do something, something different. And that's what they're passionate about. Anyone remember any of those things? Okay. And sometimes, and sometimes you would see that, right? And, and don't get me wrong. They were very, very faithful. I'm not in any way um, making light of the, of the people who were very passionate about prayer. They were amazing. What I'm saying, but there was a culture that prayer was only for some people. That's my point. Okay? But the reality is that prayer is for everyone. God wants every single one of us to have a healthy prayer life. And for us, what we do corporately in prayer, God wants us for all of us to be involved. Amen? Amen? There can so often be a culture of thinking it's just for the few, but that's not God's heart. So number one, prayer is for everybody. Number two, prayer is not supposed to be boring. (laughs) There's another one. Prayer is not supposed to be boring. Now, again, and we joke about this as family church pastors. We meet every Tuesday, and we, we, we joke about it sometimes. It's like if you kind of like, um, you know, if, if you have food, just particularly with men's events, if you, if, you, if you introduce food to the men's events, you get a much bigger turnout. That's kind of one of our jokes. It's true, isn't it? It's true. It's like, oh, we're going to have some pizza. We'll have some Roccos or something. And suddenly, like, there's like 50 guys there instead of 10. Um, and, and also, the opposite is true when it comes to prayer meetings. You want to empty a place to say we're going to have a prayer meeting. And you go, okay, get what, like one man, and, one man and his dog. Um, <laughs> and, and those few old faithful, faithful ladies. That's not looking at anybody. Those few old faithful ladies. 
Apologies if I looked anyway. <laughs> but, but that could be it, right? Couldn't it? That could be it. Well, not right. That could be the culture, couldn't it? But prayer is not supposed to be boring. For myself, I've got a little confession to make on this, so don't, don't judge me on this. So, <laughs> I have. You've got to be real about this stuff, haven't you? I, sometimes I found, when I was growing up, especially, I, I, sometimes I found prayer meetings boring. I'm just going to be honest with you. When I felt myself and Wendy, we first started dating, um, which was in 1996, a long, nearly 30 years ago, it's insane. Anyway, <laughs> and, um, I was 20 and Wendy was 23 at the time. And our church used to have, our church used to have Friday night prayer meetings. I used to find them so boring. I'm just, I'm just being real with you. <laughs> I grew up in a Christian home, so I understood the importance of prayer. But I found the prayer meetings boring. And at one prayer meeting, we actually left halfway through. And I feel, I feel bad to this day. Um, <laughs> and we thought, we well, you know, we're just going to go. And this is true. We thought, oh, let's just go home and watch Friends. This is boring. This is boring. <laughs> And this, this is when Friends was huge during the 90s amongst young people. Loved it. Because, um, like, as I said, 20 at the time. And <laughs> we're like, oh, this is so boring. Let's just, let's just go home and watch Friends. It was on on Friday nights then. I, I feel bad. Don't judge me. <laughs> but that's literally what we did. And we, and we did leave. We did leave and go home. Anyway, you can boo me later. <laughs> but the reality is, prayer meetings, and maybe I hadn't grasped the culture of prayer, prayer or Wendy either, okay, at that time. Okay, but prayer meetings, my point to saying all that, okay, is that prayer meetings are not supposed to be boring. Prayer, prayer is incredibly powerful. Amen. Incredibly powerful. If we grasp the principle behind it, that we're literally changing things in the heavenlies. That things change because we pray. When we pray with faith and expectation, it stirs up other people. You know, as Stacey mentioned earlier about, about Dave, I remember that prayer meeting we had in, you know, in, that, in that February. Was it last year? Was it two years ago? Wasn't it? In the February. And just when things looked incredibly bleak, didn't they? And we had a prayer meeting. It changed the whole spiritual atmosphere. It was incredible what God did. And I believe that prayer meeting was really birthed in that prayer meeting that we, we all had together at that time. And I know there were loads of people praying faithfully in the background, of course, and including David Stacey themselves, very much standing in the faith. You know, but prayer changes things, amen? So if we, if we understand this, then suddenly our whole concept of why it actually matters to pray actually changes, amen? Because we understand it's not supposed to be boring. It's not just for some, some old people over there in a corner. It's actually for all of us, and it's not supposed to be boring. It changes lives. It changes spiritual atmospheres. It does things in the heavenlies. So prayer is for everybody. Prayer is not supposed to be boring. Don't judge me for <laughs> the story. And number three, the final one, prayer is not supposed to be a mysterious topic. And so often, again, and I saw this again culturally as I was growing up, prayer, just, it, just seems so, it just seems so mysterious, Almost a little bit kooky, a little bit odd. It's like, I just don't understand. What, what, what is this all about? But prayer is not supposed to be a mysterious topic. Amen? Because prayer, but in its kind of simplest form, prayer is just communicating with God. Amen? That's what it is. It's communicating or talking with God. So why do we make it so mysterious? We understand the principle of communication. You know, it's the, it's the basis of relationships, and I've talked about this before. You know, we understand, uh, uh, you know, in a human sense, you know, whether it's a, a marriage relationship, a relationship with your spouse, or with a son, or a daughter, or a friend. You know, if you didn't ever communicate, that would be an odd relationship, right? If you never spoke to each other, ever, that would be really odd, wouldn't it? In a marriage, it would be incredibly difficult and tense, um, in all sorts of aspects. Okay? So, if we can understand in a human sense, why can't we understand in a spiritual sense? If, if, if communication is important naturally, then even more so spiritually and supernaturally. Amen. So prayer is not supposed to be mysterious. It's just us communicating with God and God communicating back with us. Of course, God speaks back to us. 
it may not be in an audible sense, but he often speaks through scripture, or just, you, know, you get an impression in your spirit, or whatever that looks, or might be somebody else speaking into your, God speaks to somebody else, and they come and speak to you about what God wants to share um, in your life. But either way, that's just communicating with God. God wants it to be a two-way thing. So, so prayer is for everybody. Remember these central points. Prayer is for everyone. It's not supposed to be boring. It's not supposed to be a mysterious topic. Amen? So I just wanted just to encourage you over these, over these uh, next 11 weeks, let's just jump in with both feet. Amen? You know, let's, let's, let's be a people that say, just like the disciples said when, when Jesus re- laid out the Lord's Prayer, they said, teach us to pray, Lord. So let's jump in with both feet, saying, Lord, teach us to pray. We want to know how to pray. And we want this to be a real kind of uh, focus, and I just want to encourage you, a connect group leader, and I know many of you are amazing at prayer, but maybe real f- central to all that you do in your connect groups, for prayer to be central in it all. And of course, we have engine room on Sunday, on Sunday mornings, and there's a Thursday morning prayer meeting that, that Helen runs. And our next two uh, scheduled worship nights, which are beginning of October and beginning of November, uh, are going to specifically be prayer meetings rather than worship nights. We might have some worship in, you know, in the midst of it all, but they're going to be specifically prayer meetings. So so we can corporate just to gather together just to pray. I say just to pray, <laughs> but to pray. Okay, it's incredibly important. Amen. It's going to have some different focuses in different, in different ways. Okay, but we want this to be a cultural change. It's something we just do for three months. Oh, great. We prayed for three months. That was awesome. No, this is to be a cultural change in who we are. For prayer to be central in all that we do. Amen. So I'm ready to jump in with both feet. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's, let's stand to our feet. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, what an honor it is that we can communicate with you. Lord, you want us to communicate with you. Lord, you want us to bring our requests before you. Lord, and we thank you for those realities, those, those great truths. Lord God, Lord, you want us to have a healthy prayer life. Lord, and for all of us, Lord, in our individual relationships with you, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that we will be a house of prayer. That individually, we will be a real house of prayer. Lord God, that, that prayer will be central to all that we do. Lord, that there will be a new focus, Lord, in our lives. Lord, some cultural changes in our lives. Lord, that if we have to change times around and, uh, and make time, of whatever, whatever that kind of looks like, Lord, but we will be a house of prayer. Lord, the prayer is central, Lord, to our relationship with you. We don't want to be like a married couple or, or a son and daughter or a, a son and a mum who, who don't ever talk to each other. Lord God, because that would not in any way be healthy. Lord, we want Lord our relationship, Lord, to be healthy. Lord, the communication, Lord, to be central to all that, all that you would desire to do in that relationship. Lord, that we will truly be a house of prayer, Lord. And for us as a corporate family, as a church family, Lord, that we will be a house of prayer. Lord, that prayer will be central, Lord, to, to, to all that you desire to do as we kind of go into these new steps, into this promised land we believe, Lord, you've got for us, Lord. That prayer will be central in all we do. Lord, increase our faith. Lord, increase our expectation. Lord, give us the, the spiritual gift of faith. Lord God, just Lord, Lord, help us to stir ourselves up in that, Lord God. Lord, we want to believe you for the impossible, Lord. You can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Lord, we, Lord we, we're sorry, Lord, if we haven't believed, Lord, in the way that we should. Lord, we want to pray with faith and expectation. Lord, and we thank you that you hear our prayers. Lord, we know you're sovereign and you can do what you like. Lord God, and you don't have to justify anything. Lord, but you want us to pray with you. What an incredible honor that is. You want to use us as, a, as sons and daughters of the living God. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord God. And I pray of this, these next three, mo- three months here at Waterside across the family church congregations, Lord, that you will do what you need to do. Lord, culturally, Lord, things will change. Lord, and prayer will just be central to all we do. Thank you, Jesus. You're such an amazing God. Lord, use us, change us, Lord, for your glory in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Amen.